friendships. Our memory verse there on the front of your um, outline, our bulletin notes there. Let's uh, find that, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10. Let's read it together. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Now, we read that earlier, but I wanted you to read it again because you can't read it enough. Scripture cannot be exhausted. And we need to understand that two are better than one. Here's the amen side. Here's the hallelujah side. There we go. Okay. I'm about to get you trained. Okay. Feel like Pavlov's dog, don't you? Okay. You see, God wired us for friendships. I think Adam and Eve were friends, don't you? I mean, he woke up and he said, whoa, man. (laughs) And yet, he enjoyed that friendship. Husbands and wives who are friends last longer. Got to be a good friend. Because only good friends put up with all the nonsense that husbands and wives put up with. Oh, I see. Wives are wives put up with more. Okay. I'm going to get right back to the message here, if that's all right. I had no idea I was going to open up a can of worms today. Grateful wives. Okay. Well, at least I'm not walking in that walk. Praise God. All right. I'm so glad my brother. Uh, never mind. Let's move on. When I get stuck, at the bottom of your outline there, when I get stuck, I experience loneliness. I feel like there's nobody around to support me or encourage me. And the thing that I've noticed is you don't have to be alone necessarily to feel lonely. We've all been at that point, haven't we? A second thing we will experience is frustration. I feel agitation. I I get out of balance when anger sets in. Hanging around the wrong people sometimes can leave us feeling frustrated. And when we realize that we're being a pretty bad friend ourselves, that even adds to the frustration. And then finally, and this is the thing I'd want you to write down, Disconnection. There's a feeling of disconnection. And when you turn over in your notes, you start to see what I'm talking about. And when you're stuck in your friendships, you don't feel connected to other people. You feel disconnected. But you also sometimes can feel disconnected from Almighty God. And that kind of disconnection can affect every single aspect of our lives. Now, each of these three emotions, loneliness, frustration, and disconnection, lead to lost focus, lead to wandering priorities, and if the truth were known, without friends, even the most successful life can feel like a failure, because who are you going to have to share it with, you see? So today's message is about what to do when you realize you're stuck in the area of friendships. 
I've enjoyed this series. I hope you have too. Because we all have either been there, been stuck in friendships, or we will at some point be stuck in friendship. And we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about that. But before we go too much further, I just want to pray for us. So would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, thank you for the gift of friendship. Thank you that we do not have to try to go through this life alone. And God, I thank you that your Bible is not silent on how we can do this and how we can be successful at it. So I pray that with the time that we have left, that you would give us some clear steps that we can take to get unstuck in our friendships. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. So go ahead and turn over in your notes there, and let's do the first fill-in. The first fill-in to get unstuck in my friendships is, I must abandon unhealthy friendships. I must abandon unhealthy friendships. Most of today's message is going to be about making new friends, about improving those relationships, but first, we need to start with the friends that we already have. And let's be honest, for some of us, the reason we're stuck is, is that, our, and the reason that we're out of balance in our friendships is because we are involved with some toxic, unhealthy relationships. We, where we want to admit it, or whether we want to admit it or not, who we spend time with has a lot to do with who we become. How many of you, when you were growing up, your moms would say, be careful who you hang around with? Yep. Your mom is still saying that on the front row. Probably every day your mom tells you that. Because who you hang around can affect you. Amen? Paul says it this way. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So take out your pen and in your notes there, circle that first statement. Do not be misled. Remember, God is telling you, don't be misled. Don't miss it. Don't delude yourself into thinking that you are resistant to the impact of other people. Other people will affect you whether you think they will or not, and they do in some incredible ways. There are times in your life when the best thing you can do is break off a bad friendship, a toxic friendship just break it off because there's times in your life when the best thing you can do is to stay away from them and sometimes you need to make a list now i don't want you to make a list now some of you are already starting to get out of pen and say oh hey i've got some people but i want to challenge you to take some time this week to prayerfully consider all the friendships all the relationships you've got going on in your life and those that you need to maybe unhitch the wagon from just to back away from. Because they're really not helping you and getting you in, in a position where you're getting close to God. And when you assess those current friends, uh, I want you to think about three different areas about whether they're helpful or not. Are they helping you become the man or woman that God created you to be? Are they helping you become more like Jesus? If they are, then would you... Fill in that first blank next to helpful and put increased association. Increased association. And if they're helpful for you, you need to spend some time with them. Because those are the ones that can help keep you focused on what God wants you to do. 
But if that's not the case and they're not like that, they're, they're beginning to lead you astray or, and they don't intentionally mean to do that. It's just their life doesn't match what you're trying to do. So you need to just get away from them. Could be an old friend. <laughs> Somebody you've had for a long, long time as a friend. Those are the hardest, aren't they? But yet they can be they can be the most rewarding if you can get away from those types of friends that are pulling you down. They're absolutely pulling you down. But if they're not helping you move forward in your walk with God, and they're not being very helpful to your life, you might need to just stop hanging around them. And the second thing, if they're not helpful, then I would give them limited association. You don't want to lop them off completely, but you want to limit that association with them. Because you can spend some time, but just not as much time. So limit that. And the toughest part of doing an assessment is trying to figure out who it is. It may be a he, it may be a she, but it needs to be assessed and if they're not healthy for you, you might want to step back from them. Because somebody in your life, if you'll stop and assess it pretty well, and be honest with yourself, somebody in your life is probably tearing you down, actively tearing you down, either out of jealousies or whatever reason motivates them that they tear you down. They don't have good things to say. And you hang on to them because they're your friends and you've been friends for a long time. But they're going to keep you off the path that God has you on if you hang on to those friendships and those relationships. So limit, limit those. Limit those. And then remember when the Bible said that bad company corrupts good character, there may be some destructive friendships that you assess and that'll be your third blank to fill in, and that's simply disassociation. Disassociate with them. Just don't go around them. Joyce Landorf, in her book, wrote, called Sandpaper People. Her description of a sandpaper person is that there's somebody in your life that no matter what you do, what you say, how it's said, or whatever, they're, you're always rubbing against each other. You got anybody like that? Oh, it just amazes you, doesn't it? I mean, you can try everything you know how to make the relationship fit, and there's just that rubbing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's sad that it's like that. But it is. It's, it's the truth. And the reason we get stuck in friendships is because we're spending entirely too much time with the people who are tearing us down. We need to get around people who are helping us grow and walk toward Christ. Remember earlier I challenged you to consider on your connection card of checking that box that said, I'm going to decide to honor God with my relationships. You need to decide that. You need to let God have control of that. Okay? So you can move forward. Because you've got to start right there. Once a year, I usually sit down and I'll look at the people around me who are in my life. You see, you and I have a choice who's going to be in our life or not be in our life. Is that true? We have control of that. 
So I begin to look at people that I have around me, people that I'm allowing to influence me. And if those relationships aren't really growing and we're not moving toward God in those relationships, then I've, my time is valuable. The older I get, the more valuable my time becomes. And so I want to not spend as much time in those relationships. I want to find the ones who people are feeding my soul, helping my soul to grow and improve. So you may need to disconnect. The second fill-in in your notes there, number two, is be a good friend first. Would you circle that word first? The painful truth is that we're, we could be very well stuck in our friendships because if we're honest, we're not very good friends sometimes. <laughs> and it's tough to attract healthy, God-honoring friends when you aren't a good friend yourself. But I've got some good news for you. There is not a single skill involved in being a good friend that you and I can't develop. Not a single skill that you and I can't develop. You don't have to be born with some magic friendship gene in you. The great source of wisdom that we can find about friendships comes from the Word of God, especially the book of Proverbs. Let's take a look at a couple of them. Proverbs 12 there in your, in your notes. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. Underline the phrase good advice. We need to have good advice, don't we? If you've got the wrong kind of friends, you're not going to get good advice. Have any of you gotten bad advice from a friend? <laughs> Usually didn't work out very good, did it? Another one, Proverbs 17, 9. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwells but dwelling on it separates close friends. Don's been teaching a great uh, Wednesday night lesson on anger. And one of the key components to overcoming anger is this idea of forgiveness. If you can't forgive them, then you're going to always carry that little, that little thing with you. And as soon as you see them, what happens? You don't see a love of Christ anymore. You see that little thing. Get rid of it. It's just a little bitty. It's kind of like that commercial. Remember that they did a Super Bowl commercial a few years ago where the guy's in on an interview and he's got a spot on his shirt. And every time the guy's asking questions, the spot's going, ah, 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 ah. and he'd say, well, how do you, ah, ah, ah. so <laughs> in other words, this thing is out of control. Well, that's what happens with the little unforgiveness is, is they keep us in a position where we can't really move forward. And we're, we're stuck. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in times of need. So when you forgive them, they become that, that greater brother. That stronger brother. Or sister in Christ. And we need those. Amen? Would you underline in Proverbs 17, 17 the word loyal? A friend is always loyal. A friend is somebody you can tell everything to, anything to, and it stays right there and it never affects the relationship. That's a friend. That's a husband and wife. They ought to be able to tell each other everything. Everything. Well, I don't want her to know everything, preacher. Well, then you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble. 
Well, you mean I should tell her everything from my past? I didn't say anything about the past. Because we've all got a past, we'd just soon forget. Can I get an amen to that? And the great news is, somebody's already forgot it. <laughs> so we're not held accountable to our past. He's only concerned about your step forward. So let's get on with it. I can hear Jesus now saying, so get on with it. Because we tend to go and whine and cry and gripe about our past. He's going, I've already died for that. What else do you want? Get up. Let's go. I Can't you hear him saying it? That's the Jesus I know. So once you've abandoned your unhealthy friendships and you've worked toward becoming a better friend yourself, then let's go to number three. Connect. Connect with new Christian friends. Connect with new Christian friends. If you're truly pursuing God's best for your life, it's essential that you not only make new friends, but that you connect with the right kind of friends. You ought to be able to find those friends at church. You ought to be able to find them here. Okay? The tragedy sometimes of finding a good friend at church is that you're expecting that friend at church to be perfect. Because they're Christians at church. And on Sunday they look perfect. But sometimes they'll say stuff and you'll go, what was that all about? Or they may have had a terrible morning and they come in and they look like they've had a terrible morning. And they're not cheerful and happy and saying, praise Jesus. They're coming in ready to kill somebody. Hoping for a burden to be lifted. Amen. <laughs> but you see, we're looking for perfection in each other. And that's the problem with families. Is we find out we're imperfect. This church is a group of imperfect people doing life together. If you're looking for a perfect church. Ah, I'm not even sure. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to recommend to you. Because I know most of the preachers in most of these churches in Jinx, they're not perfect. I know a lot of the church members in a lot of these churches, they're not perfect. I know it's a bummer. But you know, you can jump from church to 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 church and try to find one. But here will be the problem. If you find it and you join it, it just became an imperfect church. Got to be careful about that, don't we? We are all works in progress. We have not attained it yet. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. If you're a friend, don't stand up in front of the group and say, Hey, you're not doing right. No, no, no. If you're a friend, you're going to put your arm around that brother or sister and pull them to the side and say, hey, man, I've got, I got a concern. Now, hopefully they'll receive it better at that point. Amen? Hopefully they'll receive it better. Because half the battle is in receiving. It's not in the giving. Sometimes we don't give it right, but more than likely it's in how it's received. I wish every time I said something it was graceful, merciful, full of love and compassion and forgiveness. I wish every word I said it was like that. But I struggle. I still got that flesh running through me. 
I've discovered that some of you struggle in the same thing. You don't intend to hurt. You don't intend to inflict pain when you say something, but, but you love that person, don't you? And if you love them, you want to help them. Amen? That's what we need to work toward. The great antidote for loneliness in the church. Are you ready? Ready to write this down? It's the church. <laughs> it's the church. You're sitting at home, you want to go out to eat dinner. Call somebody in the church. Why do we have to re reserve all of our fellowship together for Sunday? Well, I, I, I might want to drink something. Okay. I usually drink water, but you can drink whatever you want. If I can eat with you, it's okay. See how see the games that Satan plays with us? We may not think that we measure up somehow. Remember, we're all works in progress, are we not? Remember, we have not all arrived just yet, have we not? If you've arrived already, then you're better than the Apostle Paul ever thought he was. And I'm, not, I'm going to take a little exception to that. We need to be people that love the church and want to spend time with the church. And that's one of the reasons why River Oaks was even started, was so that we could grow in fellowship to one another. We could get connected to each other. God created us with a perfect remedy for loneliness when he created the church. Because here, we can find fellowship. And we had a great time last night. Guys just sitting around talking. Uh, once we get Jim Blair telling stories, they just go on forever. We don't know if any of them are true, but they're great, so we love them. <laughs> if we can get Mick telling jokes, they just keep going, and we love them. You see what I'm saying? We get Bryant and Rodney talking about sports, and their eyes glaze over, and oh, man, all kinds of stories come out. It's great stuff. Then we get Aaron talking about our church basketball team that won again. They're tied for first. How great a player he is and all that stuff. <laughs> how he's carrying the team. I, man, I was amazed. I was amazed. Well, I kind of embellished that one, I think, a little bit. But, but you know, it's that where we can laugh at each other and have a great time with each other. That's what God created the church for. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 10, there at the bottom of your notes, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Would you underline that phrase, let us not neglect our meeting together? I don't care what it takes, but get up out of bed and get here. Because when you're not here, there's a piece of the body, there's a piece of the family not here. So get up and come on. Get up and come on. Would you start praying with me that we'd, we'd get a drummer and bass player? Would you start praying with me that we'd have more in our worship team? Jeff and Misty are doing a great job. Misty's been sidelined until sometime in August. <laughs> so that, that baby's uh, growing daily. But I'm telling you, we could use more help in our, in our worship. We've got young people that, are, that sing. I'm trying to get them to come get up on stage and sing. They'll get over their fright if they'll get up and sing. There's probably musicians in our group that we don't even know about. Maybe you've got a friend that you've been trying to get to come to church. I've got a set of drums. I just need a drummer who knows how to play them. 
So I'm just, you know, I'm ready. We're ready. God's ready. But would you begin to pray with me about that so that God can bring more to be at our church? But look at that phrase. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Is that not a powerful statement? In another version, it says, let us think of ways to stimulate. I like stimulate and motivate. Those are great words. We've got to look for ways to do that with each other. And a great way to do that is on the connection card every week on the right-hand side. I've got places for you to serve. Mark those. You might say, Preacher, you've got a lot of people around that church. I, I just don't see there's any place for me to serve. But guess what? There's always a place. There's always a place. And if you're willing, come. There's always a place. And we want to make sure that you have that chance to connect with new, healthy influences, new, healthy friendships, so that you can grow and keep growing in your walk with God. Number four, on the back of your notes there. To get unstuck in my friendships, number four, I must devote myself to my primary friendship. Now, would you circle the word devote? Romans 5 says, So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. We sing a chorus occasionally called, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I love that song. Love that song. It's a great song. And we need to sing it more. But Jesus has made us friends of God. See, God didn't like us in our sin. But we accepted Christ as our Savior and we drew in a relationship with Christ. And guess what? All of a sudden, God said, well, you're my friend too. Isn't that like it in your circle? I used to hang around a bunch of youth ministers when I was younger. <laughs> and uh, they all went to Ozark and graduated from Ozark Christian College. I went to Dallas. I was the renegade, you know, Dallas and youth ministry, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Ozark and youth ministry, that's big time stuff. I used to be around those guys at, at stuff at the college. And I'd just hang around just like I knew them and we'd been together forever because they were all guys here in Tulsa. And so we were pretty close. And I remember one guy coming up to me after uh, when we were out talking and people starting to walk away. He goes, hey, man, he said, don't I know you? I didn't know this guy from anybody. I said, I, I don't know. He said, what dorm are you? I said, Williamson. He said, yeah, I was in Williamson. I said, third floor. He said, yeah, Williamson third. Yeah, yeah. I just knew that because that's all they talked about. <laughs> that guy had me sucked in there. But see, I was around the circle of friends, you see. It's kind of fun to do that. But we now are a friend with God. That should be pretty exciting if you stop and think about it. When everybody else is going to turn their back on you, guess who's not going to? Jesus. When everybody else is going to abandon you in your time of need, guess who won't? Jesus. When things look bleak and you need somebody to turn to, who's going to be there? Jesus. There are two basic groups here today hearing this message. Those who have already committed to follow Jesus and have already become friends of God and those who haven't done that yet. And there might even be a third group and those that have slipped away. And said, no, nah, he wasn't that important. But they're desperate to get him back to where he is important. To make him the primary 
focus in the friendship. So is he first place? Is he the primary focus? Is there anything that you and I have been holding back today that we could go back and say to Jesus and then that would correct and get him back in that primary friendship position? Maybe you would say something like this, God, I'm tired of holding back. Every corner of my heart is yours. And then you would follow it up with a prayer, putting legs to that prayer and some action to that prayer and taking the steps today to let Jesus be the first priority in your life. Spending some time in repentance. Spending some time in confession. Now, I'm not saying you've got to stand before the church and do all that. I'm just saying doing it with God because that's what he says. Come to him. First John 1, 9, if you'll confess your sin to him, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We have, we have these kneeling benches up here at this cross for a reason. Maybe you need to come up here and kneel before God and, and just call out to God. Nobody's going to bother you. Nobody's going to expect you to write an essay and tell us all the dirty deeds of what you're praying about. That's between you and God. And trust me, we could all spend some time up here. It wouldn't hurt us at all. And maybe we've never instituted or inaugurated that relationship with Jesus Christ. Now would be a great time to do that. Today would be a great day to do that. Romans 12, 1 and 2 has been our kind of our central theme throughout the Unstuck series. It's there on the back of your, of your uh, notes. You kind of follow along as I read it, if you would, please. So, dear brothers, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will accept. And when you think of what He's done for you, is it too much to ask? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect His will really is. So do you want to know what God wants you to do with your relationships? Do you want to see how God's will is for your life? Then this verse says, don't copy what everybody else is doing. Don't do what the rest of the world is doing. It says, begin with your primary friendship. Look to Jesus and let Him transform you. Would you pray with me, please? Father, I... Thank you for your love and your patience. Thank you for caring so much about us that you wired us for friendship, both with each other, but especially with you. And I'm praying today, Father, for each of us that are listening, that you'll give us the strength and the wisdom to take a hard look at our relationships and make the changes you lead us to make. Help us to get unstuck and experience your best when it comes to our friendships. And with your head still bowed, perhaps you're here today and you've never entered that primary friendship with God. Well, here's a prayer I hope you would pray. Dear God, I recognize that I need help. That doing life my way isn't working. I believe Jesus died and rose again and today the best I know how, I commit my whole life to following him. And God, I want to make an appointment with a pastor and sit down and study scripture and so I can understand exactly what all that means. And God, I want to make you my best friend forever, starting today. In Jesus' name, amen.